0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you this morning from God, our Father, His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit who gathers us in faith. Today is Father's Day. And in response to this celebration, we are going to be speaking on the topic, the gift of a good father. The gift of a good father. All over the United States today, some people are recognizing and appreciating their fathers for the significant roles uh, they played or are playing in their lives. Today is that day of celebration. Notice I said some people because uh, there are others who did not have the luxury of a fatherly figure in their lives because their presence was just as good as their absence in the life of their children. So some are not celebrating, some are angry when they hear the name Father because of that. Notice also that there are others who are memorializing their fathers today because they have gone on from this side of heaven over on the other side. And so at some tables during this celebration will be some absent seats, uh, empty seats, while the celebration is going on. But today, in recognition of Father's Day, we want to talk about the gift of a good father, but throwing the emphasis on our Heavenly Father, not on the earthly fathers, but on our Heavenly Father. Uh, Every good father wants the best for their children. We know that. Every good father will seek the best for their children. And, And he fights so that they can win. That's what a good father does. He fights so that his children will win, will, will thrive in life, and become all that God had destined them to become. But we throw emphasis on our Heavenly Father today because he is the one who is, uh, every, who is above every father and is uh, the one that every father ought to be emulating in our work with our families and with our children. In Matthew 7, verse 11 says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more uh, will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who seek him? So the Bible is telling us, in other words, that the gift that the Father in heaven gives is better than the gift that fathers on earth we give to their children. So let's spend some time uh, talking about this gift that the Father has given to the world today and the gift that the father in heaven has given to the world today I believe is the gospel the gospel is the good gift that the father has given to the world many Christians today have little or no knowledge at all about the gospel we say these words we sing it in songs we talk about it in church but we really don't understand what it means In order to understand what it is, you have to first understand what the word gospel means. And the word gospel, in a very simplistic term, means uh, good news. Good news, when you hear the name, the word gospel, it is talking about good news. Good news, the good news is only good because there is a bad news. And, 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 and it is the bad news that makes the good news good. And unless we come to the point of understanding <coughs> sorry, understanding the, 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 the bad news, you wouldn't see a reason to really see why the good news is good. Many preachers today uh, refuse to tell the bad news. They don't tell the bad news, which makes people not ready for the good news. But we have to talk about the, the bad news. In the business world, it is called comparing apples to apple. When you go to buy a car, you don't just jump into a dealership and buy the first car you see. You will check around, make sure that you find a reasonable deal, but a good car. And you call that comparing apples to apples. And this is the situation here where when it comes to this good news, what makes the news good is the reality that there is a bad news. Christians today no longer want to hear the word sin. We don't want to hear it. The evil one had made sin a norm in society today. So today is, is, the society today is fighting to make it a norm even in the church. And this is what has brought about this great divide in the churches today. We have churches that have adopted the concepts of the world out there. They brought it into the church and made it a part of the church. Saying that they see God as a loving God. And why should we dismiss people and dismiss people because of uh, sin? We have to understand, my friends, that sin killed Jesus. When Jesus hung on that cross, was stretched... High, uh, wide and hung high, he was placed up because of sin. This tells us how important this matter is and why the churches need to address the issue and not walk away from it. People will stand in the streets and on social media, and I'm talking about Christians too, uh, carrying on some sinister behavior, With no one ounce of shame, they do all kinds of things, and yet they call on the name Jesus. But the bottom line is sin is the bad news, my friends. And we have to understand this bad news in order to understand how good the good news is, the gospel is. And the world today has been uh, able to substitute and find infamisms to try to describe sin. They call it an error. They call sin a sexual orientation. They call sin a woman's right to their own bodies. And they give all these names. They call it just having fun. My friends, it is not just having fun. It is not just woman's right to their own bodies. It is sin. That's what the Bible calls it. And this is what the church needs to call it as well. A man is no longer held accountable for his actions. They call stealing embezzlement and drunk a drunkard they call an alcoholic. And they find names for everything. They have names to sin and find psychiatric remedies for them. And it is a sad time that we find ourselves in. It is very sad to see how sin has permeated our society today uh, while we walk in the darkness of it. And nothing has been done. Why all these new approaches that the world has taken to justify sin, they have done nothing to it other than just, in the face of God, demoralize sin. So God, uh, God says in Romans 6.33, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. This is from God's own mouth. God says there are penalties for sin. He says that the soul that sinned shall die in Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20. The soul that sinned shall die. The consequence for sin is no new rhetoric. It's been in motion before Adam fell. Sin was in motion. Before Adam ate of the fruit, sin was in motion. The verdict was given to Adam before he sinned because the verdict was already in motion. Sin had always been, the the, the wages for sin had always been there. It has been a verdict that was already in motion. God says to him in Genesis 2 verse 17, But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And that day when Adam and Eve ate from that fruit, from that moment, instantly Man fell away from grace, man's spirit died, man could not fellowship with God, man hid his face from God. And ever since that time, we've still been running. God is coming, seeking after us, we are still running from him. Sin is the cause of all of this. The verdict of this death was an eternal separation from God, which leads to an eternal habitation with the devil and his demons, and in uh, a place of eternal torment is where uh, the final state is going to be for all eternity, for all mankind, if God hadn't done something. And so it it reads in Revelation 20, verses 1 through 15, Then I saw a great white throne, and the one who sat on it, the earth and the heaven fled from his presence, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Also another book was opened, the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works, as recorded in the books, and the sea gave up the dead that were in it. Death and Hidi gave up the dead that were in them. And all were judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hidi were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, uh, the lake of fire. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire as well. This is from the book of Revelation. This is, these, are, these are prophetic words that are to come that has not yet come. This is the, the end of the, the final uh, uh, part of the prophetic uh, prediction that was given by God to the world. He talked about how his son would come and redeemed us from sin. Jesus did come and redeemed us from sin and went back to heaven. The Bible tells us he's coming back. He's going to come back to get us, but he's going to come back also on on, on his throne to judge the world. And this is what this text is talking about. And it's saying that anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. I want you to capture this last sentence in this verse. This is what makes the gospel good news. This is it. And anyone whose name was not found found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire this is what makes the gospel good news god says not on my watch i will not allow this to happen on my watch i am going to have to do something about this to redeem mankind from this peril to bring them back onto myself and not allow this to happen God the Father deliberately volunteered to change the course of man's verdict. God, like a real father, decided to get involved with the affairs of his children. And through the nation Israel, he gave us a preview of what was to come. The nation Israel is, a bond, is in bondage under the brutal hands of Pharaoh. And they were there going through this bondage who had destined nothing for them, Pharaoh had destined nothing better for them than oppression for the children of Israel. So God sent the gospel through the prophet Moses to deliver that, those people from that peril. He sent Moses there as the messenger. Go, he says to him, and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. That's the message that Jesus came with to the devil. God tells Jesus, go and tell the devil to let my people go. And Jesus came and did just that. And so in our first reading this morning, God called Moses up on the mountain and spoke these words to him in Exodus 19 verse 4. He says, you yourself have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles wings and brought you to myself. Look at how I did it. It was was my own hands that brought you and delivered you out of this uh, this bondage. I did it. I took you up on eagle's wings, and this is what the message of the gospel is. This is nothing. has nothing to do with what we have done. It has everything to do with what Jesus has done on the cross. And everybody who looks to him will be carried up on eagle wings. That's what it is. That's the gospel good news that needs to be spread to the world. We need to let everybody know about what Jesus has done on the cross to bring them eternal life. So through the power of the gospel, God delivered the nation Israel out of the hands of the Egyptians. And, 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 and this deliverance was a picture of what was to come. And what was to come was the message about the Son of God. God reversed the curse by putting His Son, Jesus Christ, on the tree, and He bled and died, and He came back to life. He got out of that grave and came back to life, and sin was removed, and God removed the curse because of Jesus Christ, not because of us, but because of the precious blood of His Son, that was shed on the cross of Calvary, that is on the mercy seat in heaven now, this is the reason why we all experience this glorious life we have in Jesus Christ. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a privilege to carry everything to him in prayer. Give God a hand of praise for Jesus this morning. He reversed the curse. In Matthew, Romans 5, verse 6, our second reading this morning, he said, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. He died while we were still powerless. He came to give us power. When we were still helpless, came to give us power. Everything that we lost in Adam We gain in Jesus Christ. This is the good news. Bible says in Romans 5 verse 9, Since we have now been justified by his blood, now how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? This is Jesus Christ. All right? We were justified by the blood of Christ, and we are saved from wrath by Jesus Christ. And Adam uh, killed us. Jesus gave us back our lives. After Adam destroyed us, in Romans 5, 17, it says, For if by the trespass of one uh, man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus, my friends. It is all about Jesus. I have been redeemed, bought with a price, Jesus has shed his blood for me. And if anybody asks you, all right, why I'm standing here, it is all because of Jesus Christ. It is the reason why you are here today. It is because of what he did on the cross. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all of our fears are gone. Because we know who holds tomorrow, life is worth living now because Jesus lived. And I pray that His words from God will bring hope and grace to your life in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.